You are now live. Live and direct. With DJ Sus1. Yo, what up, baby? It's DJ Sus1, the feature presentation, and we got a legend, dance hall legend, legend just in general, Sean Paul on my show. Yo, Yo, my brother. What's up, bro? First of all, my first time meeting Sean Paul, I don't know if he remembers because this guy travels internationally for his whole career, right? He's a superstar. I DJ DJ for Mariah Carey, but my first tour ever with Mariah Carey is when I met you, but I, I was like a nobody. And you were open, <laughs> you were opening up for Mariah and um with the illest dancers of all time, might I add, and um, <laughs> killing yeah. the whole entire tour and killing everything. So I don't know if you remember that I was Mariah's DJ. You know, yeah, bro. Let me tell you something. There's, there's nobody could forget such a good DJ. So stop doing that to yourself. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Back then, I was like, who's that light skinned dude? You know, just you know, DJing right there. Reggie hates when I say that. <laughs> Yo, all right, let's get it. Let's talk about the um, new project, yeah. Live and Living. Talk to me Life about it. Life and Living. Life and Living, sorry. Living. What's, what's different about this um, project compared to the ones you've put out in the past? Well, this one is kind of back to the roots in terms of more like how stage one, the first album was, or even Dutty Rock, the big album. It's, it's hardcore dancehall production, all Jamaican production, all Jamaican artists on it, except for one artist, Stoneboy. He actually came to the studio about probably two months ago now, and he, he heard the project, and he's like, I got to get on this, bro. And he bad me up. So uh, he, he's on the project by, by default in terms of he's a great artist, but I, I'd intended for it to only be a Jamaican thing. You know what I mean? So traditional sound of dancehall is on there, like people like Bujo Bantan, Junior Gang, Busy Signal, Mavada, Sarani, you know, Suko from War 21. All those people are on the album or left side also, uh, but also the young kind of contingent, you know what I mean? Govi, uh, as in Governor and uh, Intense and Skillibang and Massacre and Squash, all of these guys on there too. So if you like hardcore dancer, if you really love dancer, you've been into it, this is an album for you, you know what I mean? Working with all these dance hall and reggae legends, like Buju's legend, you know what I'm saying? All these guys are legends. Um, Damian yes, Marley, Mikado. Like, how was it putting this album together? Like, is there any crazy stories that you could tell us about putting this album together, working with these goats, and you're and you're one of the goats? <laughs> you know, the pandemic gave me the, t- the space and time. Basically, I've been wanting to do this for a minute. And uh, when when the year started last year, last year we went to Australia to tour. And when when it was just about finishing, like this Corona stuff was just reaching over there. Sydney had the first two cases, and I was like, "Yo, I'm out. <laughs> I'm gone home." And uh, I spent almost two days with a mask on on a plane. That was that was horrendous. Because oh, I got asthma. So I, I was I was still am kind of very fearful of it or aware of it. And so by the time I got home, I'm like, I ain't going nowhere. I stayed chilling. Shaggy was laughing at me for the two days on the plane. He was like, yo, what you wearing a mask for? And I'm like, bro, I'm not playing with this thing, man. <laughs> um, until now, he, he, he's wearing masks himself. So... Yeah, we was out. I was out for five months. I didn't do nothing, but I had had some singles that I wanted to put out throughout the year in the dancehall culture. So I was going to put out the Bujo and then probably the Sarani later on in the year. But just being at home, I, I kind of got mad bored. And then I started to go back to the studio and, you know, people started to link, come over and just, you know, mm-hmm. to the studio and just like do works. So I started to realize that this is more than just a few singles and this could be the opportunity I was waiting on to just put out an album. However, I had an album for 
Island Records are already kind of ready. That one is coming out in May. It's called Scorcher. And so, so I decided to just do it up. You know what I mean? In terms of, I've seen these young kids right now, young artists, independent artists, they putting out music on the fly and um, it's working for them. And I think that me trying to, you know, do things in the traditional way, it don't make no sense right now. So I said to myself, you know, I'm going to approach Island Records and see if they let me do it. So big up to them because in the contract they have that I could put out singles in the dance hall world, so to speak. But I impressed upon them that this is a, a whole album. So, nice. you know, the five months and two albums later, here we are. Yo, bro, you know I mean? let me ask you a question. I need you to answer as humbly as you can. Is Sean Paul the number one dance hall hit maker of all time? I, I need to know what your opinion is. And no disrespect to my guys in dance hall, but I'm looking at this Duddy, this Dutty Rock album. Just, just this yeah. album, right? Give me the light. Light glue. Get busy. Baby boy, I'm still in love with you. Shake that thing. Like these is record. These are records as a young DJ that you had to play. Like this is yeah, like it was a, five singles deep on that album, man. Five singles deep. And this is not so, your other hits. That's what I'm saying. And, I, and when I go to other dance hall artists' albums, no disrespect to anybody because they do. There's people who make hits as well. But yeah, for sure. This is a tremendous amount of hits that was not just in any Caribbean area, just all over the globe, all over the world. That was getting played everywhere in rotation still to this day. Yeah, man, uh, that's a very special time. And uh, even though that time is past, the music is still going. I have to I have to give thanks to everybody who, who was there before me in terms of, you know, the Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, the Jimmy Cliff, uh, Third World Band. All those people broke open international waters with their music, which was reggae. And then in Jamaica, we started developing, you know, kids start spitting on, on tracks on the other side of the record. And we helped to spawn things like, you know, hip hop. Big up to Cool Herc, who who went to the Bronx and and did his thing. Thank, thank uh, you as a, as a DJ to Cool Herc, by the way. But go ahead. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he took the sound system culture that he saw growing up in Jamaica, which that was the only way we got our records played. I mean, out here in Jamaica at the time when Bob Marley was a youngster, they, they weren't playing any records for the people who were producing records here on the radio. Or any evening, you know, you had to go to the dance hall to hear your record. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people on the radio were playing big band sound and a lot of R&B. That's why Bob Marley was heavily influenced by Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. So other than that, though, you know, we, we came to a point where Shabba Ranks broke. And we were loving records like Tinga Linga Ling and Trailer Load of Girls. Trailer Load of Girls. And all of that. But the international waters, weren't, were, they just weren't ready for it. So he blended his sound with with Maxi Priest and with Johnny Gill. Classic. Uh, Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, right. So so those were those were times where it kind of was like introducing to the North American palette dance hall music. Because it's something that they didn't know about. Uh, also, Shaggy did it. You know, he sampled Cypress Hill. He mm -hmm. also did the Marvin Gaye remix with, with Let's Get It On for, for Boombastic. Uh, Boombastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so for, for them doing that. They broke on the, broke open the doors, allowing me, Tanto Menta and Devante, people like Beaniman, to like do hardcore, authentic dancehall. That the palette was now more open. You know what I mean? North America was like, "Yo, I want more of that." So then I blew up big time after that. I think I was more just the right place at the right time. I was ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I never ever thought to be, "Oh, I'm gonna sell on the Billboard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that." What I was trying to do was to make records that Jamaican people would feel, you know, would feel and be like, yo, bow, bow, bow. And that was it. 
but you know, as I said, I was in the right space. Now the world is starting to say at that time, like, yo, I want to hear more of this. And um, I'm the person in that time frame that was trying to bridge the gap. I love hip hop music. You know what I mean? We did the thing with DMX, me and Vegas in, in about 98. And then, and then we started to, we started to, you know, I, I reached out to different people that I met in clubs. I met Tony Touch in the club. I was like, yo, I got mixtapes from you from, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a junior, bro. Let's work. Uh, you know, I met Razel. I was like, Razel, I, I need some of your flavor on the album. You know, also the Neptunes was real hot. And uh, I asked them to produce a song for me. And, and, and so me bridging the gap and doing those type of things and singing about Dro, which we didn't really smoke in, in Jamaica and uh, singing about busting out a bottle of Mo. We, I, me personally, I didn't go for Moet. I was a Guinness guy oh. <laughs> back then. <laughs> but it was, you know, my stint in the clubs in New York and seeing how people do and just watching the flavor and the flow. And, you know, I started to put these things together to, to spit in my way, but also have little words or little little phrases that people would understand and feel a little more better to so that's what happened with my career man and as i said i owe it to to the great people who did stuff before me you know what i mean amazing they career. paved the way shout out to all of them an amazing career man I, I dj in my early dj days i dj in the, on this island called reunion island la reunion yeah 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 i know over there. i never i had never been there i was like the first american hip-hop dj that ever dj there and they was like just play sean paul that's what they <laughs> just play Sean Paul. <laughs> you will kill this yeah. whole part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, man. Shout out to you. so speak, speaking about place. what you was talking about in the um, 90s and early 2000s, like hip hop and dance hall were pretty much like a marriage and inseparable. And I feel like that bond is not, I don't want to say it's lost, but it's not as strong as it once was with the hip hop and the dance hall together. Like, you know, when I used to listen to radio in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was like, you hear KRS One and Shabba Ranks together. Yeah, exactly. And Mad yeah. Light. So yeah, it's true. What do you think happened? What happened to that bond? Do you think? Um, this sound changed with hip hop a lot. You know, the trap sound just kind of was really slow for us. Our dancehall music, reggae is slow, but mm -hmm. dancehall music is is more fast paced, and it's been the dominant form of music since the late seventies in Jamaica. I would say probably early eighties was is a better time frame to say that. It became more dominant in Jamaica, even though Bob Marley was huge internationally. What U Roy was doing and people like that, <clears throat> I'm big up to U Roy. He just he passed away earlier this year. He's the first DJ like to do what we do today. To you know, he taught Shabba Ranks, he taught everybody else, and um, that was really special to us because he was talking in our language. He was really spitting and and not singing love songs or even revolutionary songs, just spitting. I was talking about the lady who just walked through here. In the red dress, she looks so beautiful. You know, yeah. I mean, he, he would be spitting live rhymes, and that captivated us so much that that we have that sound now for for the longest time. And then when when trap music started to come in, it, it was a lot of the, this droning bass, and you can't really play a droning bass as fast as you know our bass drum and bass that we do in dancehall. Mm. I myself have tried to do it. I produced a rhythm called Gang Gang. Okay, and um. You know, it's, it's using those droning basses and whatnot. And, and uh, we kind of found a way to do it now. And there's there's a lot of kids going around in Jamaica now saying that they're doing trap dancehall, which I don't like to call it trap dancehall. I just like to call it a new sound of dancehall. Because I don't want to really follow what, what what's happening in That's terms of try to bite what's happening in the States. Yeah. Uh, even though it's a symbiotic relationship, as I said, Bob Marley was 
you know, a fan of Curtis Mayfield and, and learn from him, learn chords, learn melodies, stuff like that. So the same type of thing is happening now, as I said, with these younger kids, like who I have on the album, Intense, people like there's a kid called Tommy Lee that, that they call one of the big dudes that do that. So the rhythms are definitely a little different. But I think that was the separate, that was the divide between what was happening in dancehall. Because even when I first started, as I said, you know, I did songs with Eclipse. I did songs with Buster Rhymes. I was continuing that trend. But somewhere along that line, you know, dance music came in and hit, and dance music is fast paced. And so is dancehall. Yeah, and yeah. I did temperature and it's kind of like, you know, the same pace. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but trap music is a lot slower. So I think that was the real disconnect. However, you know, as I said, these kids are gravitating towards that type of sound now. Those those bass lines and the drums, the 808s and whatever are, are, are special, you know what I mean? So we're kind of experimenting with how that sounds right now. You could hear uh, the last track on this album, on Live and Living, is called Everest. And it's a track produced by DeMarco. And, and so... Yeah, that's a more of a trap dancehall type of thing that you, that that's going on right now in our in our culture. So maybe one day uh, we'll hook up with some of these cats. You know what I mean? We'll see how that goes. Yeah, man. Life and living is out right now. You know, we got to talk about what you said about um, verses. We got to talk about Lionheart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Yo, bro. Well, talk talk to us about what you was saying in Lionheart. So I did that song because, you know, so a, a good friend of mine interviewed me. It was one of the first interviews I did. I think the first one since the whole pandemic thing. And and um, he asked me, yo, would I ever do a versus? And I was immediately I was like, nah. And he was like, why? I said, remind me of Clashing. He's like, oh, but Clashing is your culture's, you know, it, it's, it's your forte. It's what y'all do. And I'm like, yeah, it is a big part of the culture. But it, right now, there's a negative thing about it you know it's not just about testing each other's skill anymore people calling each other's mom's names in the songs and uh and, and kids names and there's so much violence around us i just feel that i don't want to be involved in that and also i didn't clash coming up neither did shaggy neither did coffee neither did conscience neither did charlie blacks none of those people clash and they all are people who you know egyptian sarani there are people who got songs on the on major radio stations in the States and they didn't clash. You know what I mean? So I think it's unfair to say that it's the focal point of our genre. It's a big part of it, but it ain't the focal point. And, and you know, dude said to me, but sports is kind of like competitive. And I'm like, yeah, but sports got rules. You know, you got to train a lot for the sports. So when I said what I said, I said, I said, bro, you, you know, the movie Django. And he's like, yeah, I said, Clashing remind me of Django. And he said, how? I said, you know the part when there's two kids fighting in this living room and there's all these, these white people smoking cigars and drinking cognac and watching these two people fight for entertainment. And then one of them hands the guy a hammer and he says, finish him. And that just seems like it to me. You know, Caperton is a big DJ here in Jamaica, uh, 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 someone who I, I, I revere his work. And he says, uh, you know, music is a mission, not a competition. And also Super Cat, who's my father in the business, he said, I build champion, I don't kill champion. So that's my whole stance on the, on the clashing thing. And because I said that thing about Django, a lot of it was written in the papers out here and everybody came after me. Yo, you can't talk about that, about your culture. And, you're, ah, ah. and so yeah. I wrote the song Lionheart to kind of clash the whole culture. I'm like, 
listen, I'm one of the highest streaming artists. You know, I'm one of the most international viewed artists from this genre right now. And I think I have a say. And my say is I don't want to do that no more. And so the song says, you know, who's going to hate me now for talking my truth? Basically, just a very potent song because I kind of touched on the headlines that the, the newspaper said out here. It was like, Sean Paul says clashing is like slavery. And I was like, whoa. So the so, media always wants to make things negative just for views. <laughs> they want to sell their papers, right? So yeah. I get that. And so I'm like, okay, you're going to sell your papers. I'm going to sell a song now just because of you. And I put the song together and basically clashed the whole culture. I'm just trying to say, we need to wake up and think. There's too much violence nowadays, man. It's like having nice. a very big river that all my little cousins are jumping in. And I'm like, yo, don't jump in there. You can't swim. You're going to wash away soon. And they all wash away one by one because I'm not saying the lyrics are making them do it, but I'm just saying that uh, the sentiment of it, you know what I mean? It's too soon. I wouldn't want to see my cousins wash away in a violent river and then sing about it like I'm happy that it happened. You know what I mean? So that's my thing. I just kind of want to be the change I want to see in the universe. And I'm against that right now. And, and, and that's what that song is about. And also I followed it up with Lionheart, which features Muta Baruka, a great dub poet from Jamaica. And he's a philosopher and a radio show host out here that gives us all the conspiracy theories and teaches us about Rastafari and a, a lot of stuff. And uh, it features also Jesse Royal, a, a great artist. And it's about putting down the guns, you know what I mean? And, oh, yeah, Stone Boys on the remix. But it's about putting down the guns because we don't build the guns. We don't build the bullets here. We don't, we don't bring them into the country, but we are pulling the triggers. And I just think it's messed up, man. I've had many friends that have passed. I'm not talking a few. I'm talking many by violent means, you know what I mean? And, and I'm tired of it. I hear you, man. This, that, um, this song Lionheart is on his new project. Live and living that's out right now. So what do you, what do you feel about you know Swiss and Timberland and shout to Swiss and Timberland basically I've saying verses is um more of a celebration. I know the public doesn't act that way, but they they're yeah they they're yeah. saying that verses is more of celebrating each other. You know what I'm saying? Instead it's billed as the versus battle. I got a lot of respect for Swiss Beats. I got a lot of respect for Timberland. I've been around the two of them. Uh, we've conversed. We've spoken of, of different things over my career. And I, as I said, I have a lot of respect for them and for every artist that came on there. I was mad proud that Beanie and Bunty drove the numbers way up. But for me, as I said, I want to be the change. And it starts there. It's called the versus battle. And I don't want to battle in music. I don't want to do it anymore. I, I, to, to me, I can show versatility. I can show my potency in a, in a very big way, which is what I'm doing on this album. We are all competing on this album. Masakan Skilabang is going hard in that last song. And I'm doing it too. And we're, we're competing against each other to make the song fresher, to make the fans get hyper, to, to, to make the album more dope. And I think that's the way we need to, to show the potency now. I've seen reggaeton come along and I don't see them beefing uh, much. And I just see them blowing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's about unity is the best community for dancehall right now for me. I feel like even the fans got to do their part. You know what I mean? Because it's the same thing. I don't want to wake up the next morning and have to discuss with my friend who was better, Keisha Cole or, or Ashanti. I think the both of them sexy as hell and the both of them can sing off their pants. And I just want to enjoy them. So just like uh, D'Angelo did, I would do a versus like that. I'd never seen anybody do a versus where it's just them. And then they're calling on people to share the spotlight with them, not to try and part the crowd as I in... 
you know, who's better than who. I, I don't think music is for that. It's supposed to bring us together. So the energy, because I'm not out there, the energy in Jamaica with the um, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer versus it wasn't on some... Everybody's proud of it, bro. Oh, okay. I, I was proud of it. I mean, and, and they weren't clashing, really. Uh, none of these people are really clashing, but it was just something I said in an interview that came out, you know, that way. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the papers printed it as as this big slavery statement. And, you know, it, it became a thing. And I was like, you know, I felt like there was all these things pitching on me. So I had to brush them off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I had to be like, yo, love me. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, this next question is irrelevant then because it's kind of a versus question. You already said that you wouldn't do a versus. So I don't know if you would tell me who can stand up to Sean Paul on the verses without even doing the verses. People be calling Shaggy's name. People be calling Pitbull's name. I personally think I have a lot of respect for all of them. I don't think none of them can handle me in that respect. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear that cockiness. <laughs> yeah, but, but honestly. Lie, yo, Shaggy, I love you, Shaggy. Shaggy's my yeah, guy. I, I revere to both guy. artists. I've been on tour with the both of them. They're, they're dope. Pitbull, I can't put in that dance hall category, so I wouldn't even put y'all two together. That's a whole different category. Shaggy, I could put in your category, but your Dutty Rock album, you could do a versus just with that album and destroy everybody. Yeah, and destroy a bag of people. But that's the thing. <laughs> uh, the thing The thing is, you know, Bob Marley paved this great highway for me to walk on, and then I'm, I'm going to go on the highway with all the world looking at me and, and kind of disrespect someone else's efforts and career. And, you know, it's not about that for me. As I said, music is a mission, not a competition. That's Capita. Uh, we build champion, we're not kill champion. That's 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 super cat. I believe in those statements a lot, and I want to live. I want to live that way, man. And so, you know, I I, I just have no intention to go up against someone. I'd rather bring you on stage. You know? Last question, man. Um, what's going on with the legalization of marijuana in Jamaica? <laughs> I just had a meeting about this this morning. Uh, some people are trying to get me involved with a company abroad. I was always worried that the, the, the original farmers that had our strains out here were going to get pushed aside and maybe the strains get crazy messed with. And so said, so done, man. We, we've kind of made a, not a mess of it, but it's just a little bit tangled up right now mm. in terms of there's so much more people consuming weed now, I guess, because it's, it's, <clears throat> it's decriminalized and there's these dispensaries around the place. But to me, all the dispensary weed tastes like cardboard. And, and, and I go to the original farmers and they're crying. They're like, yo, we don't, we don't, you know, weed prices are so high now. So they, they're throwing up their weed prices as well. So I'm crying to them, but they're trying to compete with the dispensary. So all that I thought that was a bad thing that might happen kind of did. And um, it, it would be nice to, to see the original farmers or, or find back some of our strains that do well in our ecosystem we have a very humid climate jamaica is hot but yeah. it's not always baking hot like a desert we got green all around us as you can see so yeah. so it makes it humid and with that humidity the ganja plant or or the, the marijuana plant actually likes dry arid conditions with a little bit of water and so we had a strain out here we had strains out here that did well in our conditions it was adapted to our environment, you know what I mean? Our ecosystem. So now that people brought down all these different strains, they're not doing so well. And I, they taste like cardboard. I honestly, I'm just being honest. You know what I mean? So it's unfortunate, but I know we're going to work it out soon. We're going to find back the strains that do well here one day and uh, it's going to taste better and it's going to hit you harder. And 
and you're uh, going to send you a package of just <laughs> a, a tremendous amount of it. <laughs> I will, sir. I will do that. I will do. I Live and Living is out right now. It's amazing. Great project. Go get it right Thank now. You. Sean Paul is one of the goats. And I look forward to um, even you said you got the album coming out on Island real soon, too, right? Yeah, that album is coming out in, in May. Uh, I, I don't have a date in May yet, but uh, everything is finished. I got songs with Sia on there again. Uh, big up to Sia. Uh, Ty Dollar Signs on the album. One of the few rappers nowadays that I really have respect for. And no disrespect to the whole genre, man, but mm -hmm. I, I, I read like Tory Lanez, Amigas, and Ty Dollar Sign, and not, not everybody in, in, the, in the industry right now. But yeah, who else is on the album? Stylo G's on the album. Gwen Stefani and Shinsia on one song, a lover's rock. I like song. I never met her, but I like Shinsia a lot. Yo, she's, she's dope. dope, bro. She did that. I, I already knew she was moving musically, but I saw that uh, a freestyle she did recently, and she just got a different the BT thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's dope, man. Very dope. She could sing, uh, she could spit hard like a dude, and yeah, and she does it, man. You know, she she's I've, you know, a lot of people said that. She was uh, falling off with a coat tape. Her first song was a song with Vibes Cartel. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cartel, everybody knows, is a great lyricist. So everybody kind of put that on him, saying he was the one that made it happen. Of course, it was his song. But I've been in studio with her, and she's really dope. She she comes up with them bars by herself. And she knows what she's doing. You know, uh, what, great, so, you know what greatness always comes hate, man. They, they're going to hate. Yeah. You know, it yeah, is. for sure. So I just want to big up Shaggy and Spice. We got a song coming out. I'm excited for her. It's her album coming out soon. I think this summer. But the first single is dropping April 30th with me and Shaggy on it. And it's called Go Down. So big, big vibes. Dope, man. I, I'm looking forward to that, man. And I'm looking forward to the new project. And I'm looking forward to more moves from you, man. You're one of the legends in the game. And Thank I'm you, happy bro. to say that I actually went on tour and got to experience that. And I can't wait for the world to open back up because a performer like you must be like, God damn. Like, yeah. Yeah. I got virtual performances coming up April 10th. If anybody wants to log in or log on or whatever, but, but it ain't nothing like the live things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one day we get back to that, bro. And, um, maybe that's the time I'm going to bring the box for you. The box of, the box of herbs. And we'll end it right there. Yes. The three boxes of herbs. I heard you. All right. See, <laughs> Sean Paul, my brother, thank you for the interview. I appreciate you. And hopefully we'll, we can link in person soon. Um, this is the feature presentation, DJ Sus1. Subscribe to my channel and turn your notifications on so you can be first in line to know when I post. I appreciate all the love and support, and I'll see you guys here next time for another episode of Live with DJ Sus1.